welcome to the Terry and Jesse show. My brother Jess is on the road banging the Bible around. Yes, he is. He's a Bible-believing Catholic. And Jess, <laughs> we're glad that you're back in the saddle out there evangelizing the world, brother. Jess, Thank you, Terry. Yeah, I'm, out here, I'm out here in Modesto and Stockton. Yeah, tell us uh, where maybe some people can still, if they're in the area, how can they uh, come in here? Yeah, I'll be at Stockton tonight. Uh, what, what parish? At, 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 the, at the Church of the Presentation okay. in Stockton. I'll be giving a talk in Spanish. Good. Uh, on how to vote with a Catholic conscience. Awesome. Uh, and then right after that, I'll be giving a talk in English, The Power of the Rosary. And so that's uh, tonight. It starts at, I think, 5 p.m. Uh, 6 p.m. 6 p.m. It starts tonight. Good. 6 p.m. All the information is on my website, jesseromero.com. Awesome, Jess. Well, today you picked a good one, brother. Uh, it's called Walking with Generation Z. I'll call it Evangelizing a Generation yeah. Z because they're exactly. lost. They are in trouble and they need the gospel. So we're going to talk about that ex extensively today. Also, <clears throat> Jess and I both have played sports. He's a boxer. I'm a ball player. And we know that success is a lot of things we need to do in methodology. In other words, discipline, uh, staying focused on principles and practices. How does this apply to our Catholic faith? So structures for success, and we're going to cover that. That's a really good topic for today. Jess, I also want to mention Mother Teresa's movie, playing at over 960 screens. Wow. Uh, so this is really good news. Something Beautiful for God. It's a new documentary documentary highlighting Mother Teresa's life and her legacy. So make sure. Also, just to report, I wasn't there. I've been under the weather. But last night, we had the St. Michael Mass at the chapel, packed house. Um, people didn't want to leave. Father Glenn, uh, the homeless, uh, talked on uh, stories of angels. And my wife was there. I was in bed uh, resting. But I understand that uh, the people were just really moved by it. And again, we need St. Michael, especially today, when the battle is intensifying. So Jess, um, any any good news stories, anything you want to share before we get into the gospel? Terry, uh, you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. The Sacred, Heart, the Sacred Heart Chapel in Covina, yeah. uh, it, it's, I mean, a, a lot of people, it's like, it's like an oasis where people know that they're going to get the authentic teachings of the Catholic Church. They're not going to get synodal statements there. Not, they're not going to get modernism there. They're not going to get liberalism 101. Nope. Uh, You've established a place where people know that's a safe harbor for Catholics to park their soul. Yeah, you know, Jesse, you're right. And I have to tell you, when you said park their soul, we do hundreds of funerals a year out of this chapel. Thousands of people come to know who we are. And many of those people we invite to come to Mass. So it's a great opportunity to evangelize the world here. Jesse, I just want to give one more bit of information. Not a good news story, but I just want people to pray for the Holy Father. Because... So much confusion is going on. The, the Belgian bishops claimed that Pope Francis approves a blessing ceremony for homosexual couples. Now, this is a serious statement, but there's several other cardinals and bishops saying that the Pope approves of this. And I would just ask in a humble way, really humble, Holy Father, your, your job is to confirm us in our faith. Tell us it ain't true. Tell us that you are going to continue to teach what your predecessors taught for 2,000 years and not deviate because uh, jesse i'm just going to make this comment we've been here before with the arian heresy and in the year two uh, 1000 we had problems in the church it took a hundred years for it to be corrected so don't run away people pray for holy mother the church that we get back on track because as my from my seeing of what's happening jesse we're going off from what the perennial teachings are when you start blessing homosexual marriages and we need 
our leaders in the church, the Pope, number one, to come out and confirm us in our faith and say, no, no, this is offensive. The Bible condemns this. I condemn it. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. Remember, as Catholics, we are supposed to be under the Word of God and serve the Word of God. Amen. Nobody is over the Word of God because the Word of God is a person, Jesus Christ. Well said. Let's get some good soul, soul, food, soul food. Yes, sir. Well, I just want to mention to sure. today's the Feast of St. Jerome. And what did he say about Scripture? Scripture scholar. He's very famous for this quote. Here it comes. Ignorance of Scripture is ignorance of Jesus Christ. St. Jerome, 4th century Scripture scholar. He, uh, he was taught the Bible by spending 15 years in Bethlehem in a cave as a monk. And he had the rabbis teaching him Hebrew and Greek. Awesome. He ended up translating the Hebrew and the Greek Bible into the first Bible called the Latin Vulgate under the orders of Pope Damasus I. So Father Jerome, St. Jerome, converted to Christianity as a young man. He became, he became one of the greatest scripture scholars in the first thousand years. He's, he's, again, the primary translator of the Latin Vulgate. And he was the man of frequent severe fasts aimed at communist passions they asked him, so why do you move into a cave? And he says, because that's the only way I could get the dancing girls out of my head. Unbelievable. And so he admitted that living in the city that seen so much uh, moral uh, permissiveness and, and lasciviousness, this affected his ability to think and look at women. And so he said, I need to purify my mind. So he lived in a cave for 15 years. Not a bad idea, Terry. An honest man there, Jeff. But that's an honest man. And, and uh we also know that uh, he also said, he who cleans with the chair of Peter is accepted by me. Uh, St. Jerome is one of the four great doctors of the Western Church. He died in 420 AD. He also is known for saying, Terry, Tell us. the way a man lives is the way a man shall die. Yep. Well, makes That's sense. also one of his famous quotes. The, the way a man lives is the way a man shall die. So let's go to today's gospel, soul food today. Very short. Yep. Luke chapter 10, verse 13 to 16. <coughs> Jesus said to them, Woe to you, Chorazin. Mm -hmm. Woe to you, Bethsaida. Yep. For if the mighty deeds done in your midst had been done in Tyre and Sidon, you would long ago have repented, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But it will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon at the judgment than for you. And as for you, Capernaum, will you be exalted to heaven? You will go down to the netherworld. Whoever listens to you listens to me, whoever rejects you, it rejects me, and whoever rejects me, rejects the one who sent me, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So what's going on here? We, uh, God in his mysterious design, he seems to favor the souls with gifts that were not given to others. For example, here we have Jesus acknowledging that Tyre and Sidon these are pagan towns right now in modern-day Lebanon. Yeah. They would have responded better to his miracles than did Chorazin and Capernaum. These towns saw the miracles of Christ. And so that begs the question, so why didn't Jesus perform more miracles in those Gentile towns, again, Tyre and Sidon? Why? Well, it's not our place to question why God does what he does and the wisdom of God. Suffice it to say that Christ gives some of us more than he gives others. Mm -hmm. And so if he gives you more like he's given to Catholic Christians, he expects more of us than he has given to others like Muslims or Jews or Protestants. And so 
it's not enough that we keep our faith and just, you know, put it on a shelf, kind of like hidden somewhere, like, you know, it's, it's a trophy. No, we've got to share it with others. The gift of faith should prompt us to strive for holiness and for the continual conversion of our own heart and for the zeal to rebuild the church and also to share our faith with others. Because, Terry, we are Chorazin and Capernaum. We have seen the miracles of God. We have seen the greatness of God. And we're called to share our faith with Tyre and Sidon people who have seen, who have received less revelation than we have. In season and out of season, brother. Amen to that. Let's bring the smartest guy in. Oh, Sheena Head. This fits right in with St. Jerome being at 15 years in a, in a cave. Oh, my goodness. Bishop Sheen says, Solitude can be very rewarding and full of blessings because in the silence of the inner being, one can find God. And I mentioned this, Jesse, because of visits to the Blessed Sacrament. People ask me, what can I do? What can I do? I say, go, go visit Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament and just sit there, have a conversation with him. And I think of our friend, Brother Andre Bissett, who's a saint, and, and what he said one time when the brothers asked him, Bishop, Brother, where did you get that insight uh, of the passion and death of Christ? What book did you read that in? Because they were reading the stories during the lunch hour and during Lent. And he said, well, brothers, I didn't read it in a book. They said, well, where did you get it? In silence, on my knees, in front of a crucifix. Mm. See, Jess, this is what we're missing in the church, in my humble opinion, is we, we want to bang, we want to have a loud mass, we want to get the guitar, the, the trumpets, the bongos. No, silence. That's how God speaks, not in the noise. You right. forgot the tambourine. I was going to say the whole thing, Jesse, but you know what I'm talking about. The noise, that's what I call it, noise. <laughs> we need silence. And I'll never forget Father John McKenna. This is real quick here. He was a priest that uh, met Father met Padre Peel during World War II, and he served his mass. He was a catcher for the Brooklyn Dodgers. And Padre Peel told him, hey, you're called to be a priest. And he said, no, no, I'm a catcher for the Brooklyn Dodgers. After this war, I'm going to go play ball. No, you're called to be a priest. Oh, he called. He, he, he said, well, Padre Peel must know more than I do. So he, uh, he became a Catholic priest. But what is it all about? It's about serving. This is what we're talking about. When we come back, Jess, this whole article from Catholic World Report, Walking with Generation Z, Steps Towards Flourishing, it's really about introducing them to the person of Christ. Yes. How do we do that? Yes. That's what we're going to talk about. One of the most important things we can share yes. this weekend, every, every day, is how we can introduce people to the person of Christ. So stay with us, family. We'll be back. And again, just to remind you, we have Charles Cologne show coming out uh, what is that, another week or two, uh, that's uh, going to be a fantastic show. He's been on our show for years, and we finally got him hooked to do a, a, a weekly show here on Vir Virgin Most Powerful Radio. So you'll see that on our website. Stay with us, family. We'll be back. The Terry and Jesse Show. We're too blessed to be stressed, yes, even with our sickness. We're too anointed to be disappointed. And if hope was money, Brother Jess, we'd be billionaires because our hope is in the person of Jesus Christ. All right, stay with us, family. I'm a little pumped now. We'll be back. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. Jesse's up in Northern California. I'm fired up. I've been a little under the weather, but every time I get in front of a mic to talk to Jesse Romero about Jesus Christ, 
everything changes. It's a game changer. Why? Because that's what we're passionate about. And I thought, saw this article that Jess found from Catholic World Report. It's titled Walking with Generation Z, Steps Towards Flourishing. Jess, how are we going to help young people today? That's what this article is about. Let's get to it. We, we could summarize the article and say the article essentially says that it's going to take adults, Terry. Yes. Adults to introduce mm-hmm. Generation Z yep. to the person of Christ because only the person of Christ is going to bring you happiness Amen. and fulfillment. Amen. This Generation Z, as the article says, is facing an epidemic of depression and growing rates of suicide. That's what the statistics show. In fact, the data shows that the increase in suicide amongst young people yep. is not simply due to the pandemic because the increase in suicides predated COVID-19. That's true. And so if you look at the increase of rates of depression and suicide amongst Generation Z, it's not surprising. It's tragic. And I'll tell you, it's because a lot of these young people feel lonelier than any other generation. And uh, they're also very suspicious and, and disassociated with institutions. And who can blame them? to be suspicious of the FBI, of the CDC, of, uh, of the, you know, uh, of these other, you know, the IRS. Who can blame them, Terry? Yeah. Uh, so the article says that these youth are lonelier than any other generation. They're suspicious. And also, religiously, they're also confused because they've heard a lot of con- contradictory religious beliefs. Yep. And so... They, they're not properly formed. Without proper adult formation and without trusted institutions like the Catholic Church, which were supposed to be that trusted institution, and without that consistent religious belief being taught to them, these young people are left to create their own purpose instead of entering into a system of meaning and purpose. They make up their own meaning, Terry. Yeah. And they be, begin to fail and construct the meaning for themselves which basically leads to depression. And when you look at the statistics, these statistics, it reaffirms and provides further evidence of the importance of adults and religious people of faith to engage the lives of Gen Z. Exactly. But more specifics are needed to effectively call these young people to greater flourishing. And so by encouraging the youth to manage their expectations and strive for virtue. Exactly we can guide these young people to greater flourishing in this life and in the next. Let me give you an example. Yeah, I'm out on the road again for the last couple of weeks. Don't get me wrong. I'm still dealing with the residual effects of shingles. Yeah, uh, I'm still not fully healed. I'm still, I still have pain. Sure. But at this point, I, I just throw, you just offer it up every single day. I'm back with my luggage, back in the airports and still going with, with pain in my body, both the gospel in my heart and with my wife and my side yeah. as my prayer warrior. And I'm out there doing parish missions. Uh, yet last night I gave two talks. The people that came up to me, all of them were under 25. Wow. And what did they tell me? They said, Mr. Romero, you painted a very clear picture of the gospel. The meaning and purpose of life is to get to know Jesus and serve him in this life. They got it. They got that it. was so clear. Yep. It was very clear what you said. We have to pursue a life of holiness, a life of good habits, a life of virtue. And that's what I'm going to talk about tonight. Same thing. Everywhere that I go, since I've been back on the road, you know, with my, with, my, with again, still with the, the, the after effects of the shingles damage to my body. And I've said, you know, I'm not, I can't wait any longer. Uh, 
the same thing I hear every single parish every single week. It's young people telling me, thank you. You've given me moral clarity. You've given me permission to fall in love with Jesus. In fact, you've described Jesus in a way that I've never heard before, and it makes absolute sense. Yeah, what do I tell them? How unique is Christ? I learned this from Fulton Sheen. He's the only person that was ever pre-announced. Nobody has ever been pre-announced. Everybody else has been, been born into the world without notice, without being foretold or predicted, except Jesus. Yeah. Number two, there's no founder of any major religion that's essential to that religion. And Buddha, he's not essential to Buddhism. Buddhism still continues without Buddha. Islam continues without Muhammad. But guess what? Christ is essential to Christianity because no religion requires a personal, intimate relationship with their founder like ours does. Number three, of all the founders, only Christ performed miracles and exorcisms. Yep. All I can tell you is miracles and exorcisms attest and authenticate the message that he is who he says he is, the son of God with resurrection power. And finally, the founder of a religion cannot teach anything that's against human reason. The Catholic, is, Catholic Church is big on human reason. For example, you know, you can't teach something like, like, you can't teach like, for example, immorality, or you can't teach error that man has no soul. And so you'll find in all these other religions, they either teach immorality or they teach error against even natural law. And so the uniqueness of Christ, Terry, yep. is that he was the greatest teacher to ever walk in the face of planet Earth. In fact, even in the University of Jerusalem today, you've got the university professors who are Jews that will tell you that there was no greater teacher that ever walked upon the face of planet Earth than Jesus Christ of Nazareth. That's what we teach. The uniqueness of Christ is that he's God who became a man, and this is the most amazing event in human history, that God walked upon the earth, and guess what? He's calling you to a relationship with him, Terry. Well said, and Jesse, my own personal walk with Jesus Christ took a huge leap when I went to the Youth Mission for the Immaculata Summer Program as a young, very young man, and I learned about apologetics and defense of the faith. I learned Christology, Mariology, I read the Vatican II documents for the first time in my life. I basically got a crash course in six weeks on my faith that I realized that, you mean the inerrancy of the Bible? I, oh, because as a young person, I never got that. I got the balloons and banners, and I never bought into that, but I'm like, God, what is that all about? They're not teaching me about Jesus. I finally was introduced to the person of Christ in a very convincing way, and I liked the apologetics and Jesse, young people, I have found that, especially young men, we were all men that went, we yeah. want to have reasons for why we believe things. Not to just get into an argument. I get that. Right. No, but you, you need to have these reasons for your hope in Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us that. So young people in this article state this, and young people are much more likely to flourish when they are strongly religious. For example, 17% of those who are not religious say they generally feel that what they do in life is valuable and worthwhile. But this number jumped to 37% for those who are very religious. Furthermore, when asked if they were flourishing a, a various aspects of their life, <coughs> excuse me, those who were very religious were much more likely to say 
they're flourishing a lot. You know why? Because when you realize every action's like a blank check, Christ's name is on it, there's nothing Jess Romero or Terry Barber are doing that can't be praising the Lord because we give it all to him. Young people, it's very simple. You're a child of God. You're not an alien. You're not an extraterrestrial. You're not a wandering generality. You're not a tumbleweed. You're a child of God. You have a father. His name is God. You were made to know, love, and serve God in this short life. Probably, if you're very strong, the Bible says in Psalm 90, you live up to 80 if you're very strong. This life is short. You're you're meant to know, love, and serve God in this lifetime. And when you die, and 100% of us will die, you were meant to spend all eternity with God, with him in the next. So how do we do that? We pursue a life of virtue, holy habits. How? Through our Catholic faith. Our Catholic faith gives us the blueprint. It gives us the boundaries, boundaries. What are the boundaries? The Ten Commandments, the eternal moral law of God that God has written in every human heart. These are the boundaries, Terry, that give us as Catholics the ability to live a life of virtue. Also, the Catholic Church gives us many, many ways to guide us. It's called living in a state of grace. It's, it's, it's called a life of prayer, receiving the sacraments. All of that is going to guide the young person towards that narrow path, which is called heaven. Heaven is that narrow path. It's that door that you have to walk through that says Jesus. The wide path that the world wants to take you to through social media, through the mainstream media, through, through education, uh, through immorality, through, uh, through, through unjust laws, they want to take you through that wide path that leads to hell. Young people. The only thing that will bring you enduring joy, enduring happiness is knowing that you're tracking towards heaven, knowing that you're walking with the Lord and knowing that one day when you close your eyes for good, you will open your eyes and see the Lord Jesus Christ on the other side. Sign me up, brother. Jesse, when we come back from the break, I want to get into what lots of young people tell me. Oh, everything's about my friends. And I'm going to shake them up with this because we all know after high school, most of these friends, you know, you're never going to see again. No. Very few people after high Jesse, how many people have you kept touch with? I mean, it's a handful. Zero. Zero? Yeah, for about 40 years, I haven't seen anybody in high school. Zero. Oh, my. You know, Zero. I've got a couple good friends from playing Not ball. Me. Wow. Anita's the only person I know from high school. Yeah, I was just going to say, what about Anita? <laughs> but I didn't even know. It's not even, I didn't, we went to the same high school, but I didn't know the her. Most in-person person. <laughs> I love it. I love it, Anita. Well, that's good. And you know, what I want to talk about is how do you manage those expectations, especially when it comes to friendship and happiness, because everybody's looking for happiness. And I think that's a, the, the greatest happiness is knowing the person of Jesus Christ. Yeah. So we'll talk about that. Jess, one yeah. more time, where you're at and how people can hear you tonight. Yeah, I'm here in Stockton, California, and I'm out here and going, I'm going to be speaking tonight at uh, Church of the, the Church of the Presentation, the Church of the Presentation, Stockton, California. Mm-hmm. First talk, 6 p.m. Next talk at 7.30. First one's in Spanish, next one's in English. And the rosary? Uh, yeah, yeah and, and, and I'm going to be talking about the power of the rosary. The bishop was there last night, and, and, and the bishop, I was surprised. I said, oh, no, the bishop's here. I'm not going to mention his name. Yeah. But he went up to my wife's table, my, my table went up to my wife, and he paid me a very high compliment. Wow. Uh, what did I'm, he say, Anita? He, what? Said, yeah. he said, he goes, that was good. That was good. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. He, yeah. And and he stood there the whole time and listened to me in Spanish and in English. And I'm saying, oh, no, no. He went and told my wife, he says, that was good. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. That's yeah. Because I'll tell you what, Jesse, over the years, I've heard just the opposite sometimes when you go out and you have the bishop because, hey, get rid of that guy. He's, he's took it too orthodox. Hey, yeah. you're, you're listening to the Terry and Jesse show. Jess is on the road. 
We're having a grand time talking about how to reach out to young people today, the Generation Z, which is lost. And I think we're going to talk more and more about these expectations of life, because sometimes when you're young, people, young people are tending to think, I got to have my friendships. I got to. That's what's really all about. I got to look good. I got to have this. When in fact, that has really very little to your happiness. Uh, What's going to be most important is your friendship with Jesus Christ and his bride, the church. And we want to talk more about these things. And also, I want to bring up discipline, Jess. You are an athlete. I played a lot of ball when I was young. I realized that the discipline of sports applies to my discipline, especially the custody of the eyes and things like that. If I can't say no to myself, then I'm lost. Oh, I hear the music coming on. Okay. We'll be back again uh, with more on how to reach out to young people regarding friendships and their expectations. Stay with us, family. You're listening to The Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Welcome back to The Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. We're having a good time, and I'll tell you why. This kind of topic is what is right in our alley, because this is what we try to do every day of our life, share Jesus Christ. But We're talking about sharing Christ with Generation Z. We've talked about the challenges that generation has. The world has infected them so much that the person of Christ hasn't been introduced to them in a compelling way. Jess, the article talks a little bit about the importance of managing their expectations, especially when it comes to friendship and happiness. What's that about? Uh, Yeah, Terry, uh, for for these young people, they're looking for love in all the wrong places. There you go. There you go. That's They're looking for... uh, uh, it was, I think it was G.K. Chesterton said that a man that's knocking at the door of a brothel is really looking for God. Yeah, he did. In other words, Terry, yep. we were made for God. The catechism says that we're religious beings. Our, our, what we're searching for is, is goodness, beauty, and truth. These transcendentals can only be found in God. Amen. You can't even find this in your spouse. Your spouse is not the be-all and the end-all. Your spouse is basically a launching pad into the arms of God, the Trinity. Yep. And so that's why that's why Jesus says marriage ends at the grave, because the spouse is supposed to get you into the arms of the Trinity at the end of your life. But uh, it, it says here, I remember when I was in high school, writes the writes the 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 author here, and thought that my friendships were the ultimate source of my happiness, and there were, whether I want to admit it or not, I often still act like my happiness is found in this world and not in God. Indeed, we all struggle with these temptations to make an idol out of our relationships and to expect the things of this world to bring us complete happiness. The youth of this age are especially susceptible to these beliefs and look and often look for personal satisfaction in their internet following and material possessions. They expect their truest friends and future spouses to satisfy their every desire. But it is simply not true. God alone can satisfy our hearts. Generation Z expects the things of this world or their friends to satisfy their desires for happiness. Then they're bound to be disappointed and frustrated. Even the best friends, the most faithful of spouses, and the most pleasurable of lives cannot offer the unending perfect happiness that we yearn for. Terry, and I'm going to tell you how uh, one of the ways that's effective for young people. Tell me. The way uh, the other side, the enemy, takes them out. Is the enemy controls most of the media. Not all, 
say about 90% of the media is controlled and 90% of the internet is probably controlled by the enemy. 10% of it is controlled by about God's people, I'd say 10, 15%. But what the enemy will do, they will put big names, Terry, like Beyonce, you know, Lady Gaga, yeah. you know, 50 Cent. Uh, they'll put these big names uh, giving interviews that they gave their life to Satan. Look at me, they're flashing their money. They look at the people seeing their big cars or big houses. Yeah. And this has a huge effect on young people, Terry, when they're seeing the rich and famous that are openly saying right now, in fact, I did that this morning, that was today's show on Jesus 911. Mm -hmm. I went through about a hundred Hollywood actors that are mainstream right now in, in people's living rooms. And they've said, I gave my life to Satan. Wow. These are the people that are in your television and their music has been pumped out through your radio and the internet. And your kids are listening to this, your grandkids. And guess what? This has a huge effect on them, Terry. Of course. And, 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 and this is why as Catholics, sometimes people think that we've lost the fight. No, we haven't. I'm going to tell you something that we have. And a lot of people, I've seen a lot of this happens. When mom and dad dies, people come up to me and say, my parents were prayerful. They were faithful. I, but I didn't pay attention to them. But now that they're dead, I hear their words. I hear their advice. And I've come back to the faith. I've come right. back to the sacraments. Right. That happened to one of my brothers, Javier. This guy lived the wretched life for most of his life. Mm -hmm. Both my parents are dead. This guy's probably the holiest Catholic I've met awesome. now in, in, in Southern California. Daily mass, awesome. four rosaries a day, the the, the, the St. Bridget of Sweden chaplet, wow. the Divine Mercy, uh, the, the Angelus. Great. I mean, this guy is just firing prayers throughout the day, and all he does is preach to homeless people. He would have, uh, this guy would have never done that. This is my brother. He's a year and a half older. He would have never done that. Again, this guy defied my parents for 50-some years. Now that they're passed away, everything my parents prayed and taught them, all of a sudden, it just makes sense. And I'll tell you, the Bible proves this, Terry. Yes, it does. It says My that. brother Javier is an example of Proverbs 22.6. The Bible says, train a child in the way he should go. And he was trained, but he rejected it most of his life. And when he is old, he will not turn away from it. That's what happened to him. And the prayers of my mom and dad have eventually fallen after 50 years. I mean, he's now 62 or 60. They've fallen into a soul. Look at the promise of, of a praying father. My dad was a praying father. Oh, yeah. Acts 16, 31. Paul tells the jailer, believe in the Lord Jesus and you, jailer, and your family will be saved. Well, my other siblings have been walking with the Lord for many years, but this one, the graces of my parents' prayers finally fell upon him, and now he's back in the family of God. And again, there's another verse that gives us the promise of when we speak the word of God to our children, you're thinking that they're not listening, but guess what? They're listening, and the Holy Spirit in his time will use your words to take those words and make them explode in their soul. Acts chapter 11, verses 13 to 14, the Bible says this. Here's what happens when you're evangelizing your sons and daughters and you think they're not listening. It says this, quote, send someone to Joppa and summon, and summon Simon, who is called Peter, who will speak words to you by which you and your household will be saved. Notice the spoken word to the father and his entire household God promises that salvation will come to that house. So again, it's not in your time. Just keep on 
proclaiming the word of God with faithfulness, with boldness and with love. And in due time, God will do to your children what he did to St. Augustine after St. Monica's prayers after 17 years. The only thing I add to that, Jesse, amen to that. And also that mom and dad, you're both mom and dad were praying for Javier for years and offering communions, rosaries. They were making sacrifices. I know your mom and dad spent at the end of their life uh, one one day a week in the before the Blessed Sacrament. You don't think they were praying for Javier to come home? Oh, yes, they were. So it's just it confirms Our Lady of Fatima saying that souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. Think about your mom and dad, please God in heaven, knowing that Javier is now fervently living his Catholic faith. I mean, what what a great joy that must be. And so what I want to recommend to all of our listeners, especially moms and dads, if you have a son or a daughter who's not practicing the faith, yeah, all of the above, but include your own personal sacrifices, your prayers, your holy, holy communions, make reparation of communions. Maybe your son's living in a decadent life of uh, you know, same-sex attraction or uh, and he's living as a fornicator, whatever it is. Your prayers need to be going. Don't ever let up on that because, see, in time, God doesn't have time. So your prayers right now are going to have an effect on your kids years from now, potentially. So we don't know. We leave that in the mercy of God. But the point of it is, if you don't have these prayers being offered, he's not going to get the graces or she won't receive them. Am I on to something, Jess? Absolutely, Terry. I mean, this is the whole this the whole principle. The whole principle of the mystical body of Christ, St. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he says that your sin, it affects other people in the body of Christ. When you're joyful, other people in the body of Christ rejoice because in some way, in some way we're interconnected. We're all cells in the mystical body of Christ. And so my sin, it has a corporate effect that affects other people, especially down my family tree as it says in Exodus chapter 20 and Exodus chapter 32. But also my prayers, my blessings, my holiness, the Bible says in Exodus chapter 20 and in Exodus chapter 32, it flows down a thousand generations down my family tree. So it shows you that God wants to bless us more than he wants to discipline us. And because God will take our, 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 our mere offerings that we give him, and he'll do something mighty in our family line, in our generational tree. Uh, but he also will take our sins, and they will affect our children, the Bible says, to the third and fourth generation. Well said, Jesse. Well said. And again, this is what we call spiritual warfare also, Jess. And I want to recommend for those who haven't been to one of the spiritual warfare conferences, I think it's 10 or 12 years we've been doing them, check it out on our on our website, vmpr.org. Father Chad Ripperger will be coming. It's not you know too early to sign up for this conference and guarantee a seat. So go to vmpr.org. Jesse will be there just like last year. The whole um, uh, Jesus 911 crew will be uh, at that event. I'll be there. It's going to be a, a great event. It's in March. I think it's March 19th, 18th, right in there those, that weekend. And you can check that out. Jess, I want to just remind everybody that the uh, life is short, eternity is forever. And when we're talking about these, this Generation Z, most of us, Jesse, will be gone from this life. Yeah. Okay, And they're still going to be living. What can we do to affect them in a positive way? I think this article covers that. But when we come back, we're also yeah. going to talk about something that's going to affect not just Generation Z, 
But everyone who's trying to be a follower of Christ, yeah. we're talking about using lessons from the industry to bring an order to your life. And how does it apply to your own spiritual life? I got to tell you, discipline in the spiritual life is not not uh, optional. If you can, if you don't have discipline in your life, you won't live a spiritual life because you'll be too sloppy with it. You'll be just saying, "When I when I feel like doing it, I'll do it." No, this is all about uh, the 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 success in the world applies a lot of principles that we have in our spiritual life. For example, Jesse remembers the old line: "No pain, no gain." What? Yeah, but he used to t- he used to tell us that you got to su- you got to work out stronger, you got to run faster, you got to hit harder. What? You got to do all this? Why? Because that's where you get success. Well, in the spiritual life, you guess what? Without Good Friday, there's no Easter Sunday. So when we come back, we'll talk about that and much more. And just one more plug for those who are up in the Stock- uh, Stockton area. Where are you going to be so they can come and hear you tonight? The Church of the Presentation in Stockton, California. I'll be on 6 o'clock. will be my first talk in Spanish, how to vote with a Catholic conscience. Then at 7.30, I'll be talking about the power of the rosary and the power of prayer in general. Got it. All right. Hey, I just, boy, I tell you, we're getting lots of good comments from today's show, Jess. We're going to do that when we come back. If you like what we're doing here at VMPR and you want to make a donation, please do at vmpr.org. Become a monthly donor, and we'll be sending you all kinds of programming from great people like Dr. Scott Hahn, Jesse Romero, and many others. (coughs) Stay with us, family. We'll be back with more to inspire you to fall deeper in love with Jesus and his church. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back. Jess Romero up in the Stockton area preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're uh, going to follow up this last segment. I think it's inspirational, Jess, using lessons from the industry to bring order in your life. Well, basically, to bring you a disciplined life, because let's, be, let's face it, our Lord was the example of the spiritual life, living it perfectly, and he's the model that we follow. Yeah, so this article is written by the guy's name's Genesius. He's a Catholic father, husband, professional engineer, writer, and teacher, born a cradle Catholic, he wrote this article uh, using his engineering background. Yeah. Uh, he says he was a convert from atheism, basically. He couldn't reconcile science and, and engineering, but uh, eventually he studied his way back into the one true faith. And so as a professional, he's worked and lived overseas, and he works diligently to apply the Catholic faith to every aspect of living in this fallen material world. So he gives good principles, Terry. Uh, for anybody on how to live the Catholic life. And you know who's also been talking about this for many years? Our friend, Dr. John Horvat. He even oh, yeah. wrote a book called, it's called Return to Order. Oh, yeah. in, other words, in other words, here, here's what John Horvat is saying and Genesius is saying, both of them. Yeah. What's the lesson that we have to learn so that we can save ourselves and save our country, save our family? What do we have to do? We have to return to a moral order. Man. We have to return to an intellectual, spiritual, moral order. And that takes structure. That takes discipline. You just can't live the Catholic faith by the seat of your pants. Like, oh, yeah, I'll get up today. And you kind of, you have to plan your day the night before. And you have to order your whole day around 
your faith, your time of prayer, maybe your daily mass, your rosary time. Your, your, your day has to be ordered around your Catholic faith. Your, 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 your Catholic faith cannot be ordered around your day. Yeah. And this is what this, this uh, young man is saying, and also what John Horvat is saying. Again, especially for men, this is very important because as I talk to men around the country, I'll notice that men will fall into especially the sins of the uh, and violation of the sixth and ninth commandment. You know why, Terry? They have no structure in yep. their life. Right. They have no moral order. Yep. They have no intellectual framework. Mm -hmm. And so what we have to do is to help men, especially because they're the patriarchs, you need to learn your Catholic faith. We're not saying you've got to be a theologian. No. We're not saying you've got to be you know, a trained apologist and debate with Protestant pastors. We're not saying you got to get a some type of degree for, for no. We're just grab the Baltimore Catechism. Yep. Learn the Baltimore Catechism. If you learn the Baltimore Catechism, I can I can promise you that you're going to know your faith more than 95% of Catholics on planet Earth. That's a fact. That'll give you the seven sacraments. That'll give you the theological virtues. That'll give you the four last things. That'll give you the Ten Commandments. The Baltimore Catechism, that thin little blue book is basically all you need. But that will give you intellectual order. And when you have intellectual order, now you're going to have moral order. Because you're going to know what's right and you're going to know what's wrong. Exactly. And with without that, Terry. Clarity. Men make a mess of themselves. That's right. That's right. At, you're nailing it, Jesse. I've, I'm going to be meeting with men later next this weekend that have this issue in their lives. They have no discipline. They have no order. You know what they do? They react to things, Jesse. And they're going, I can't stop reacting this way. And I said, well, what are you, what are you putting in your head, dude? In other words, the reason he's out of control is because he has no control. Yeah. So this is a very important thing. Structure and freedom go together. And I think that the gospel really demands that we have a discipline because as I said earlier, the Bible makes it clear that, you know, our Lord suffered a Good Friday. And as Bishop Sheen says, without Good Friday, there's no Easter Sunday. So guys that say, well, I don't want to have to suffer. And I go, put your big boy pants on, dude. You know what I mean? Come on. No, you don't want to suffer? Where'd you, where'd you learn that from? From public schools? No, where did you get that message? I, I hit him up. They go, well, I, th I, I, I don't know. I thought we weren't supposed No. You see that crucifix? I show it to him. I said... That's what we're going to become. Now, now step it up. Let's get a game plan for this. My point is, Jesse, what I think happens is we don't have, ask, especially young men, they need to man up. And somebody's got to tell them, just like a coach, to say, you want to play football? You want to play soccer? You want to be a wrestler, a ball player? Hey, dude, suck it up. And, and this has been pushed aside by saying, oh, we're all... You know, just get along, just get along. No, there's winners and losers in life, Jesse, and we need to tell people that. Yeah. I like the I like the article where it says, God created the universe with order. This order and structure is evident in the vast in the vast variety of nature. Even snowflakes with their infinite unique shapes right. are made of dendrites formed with a specific foundational crystal Incredible. pattern. Incredible. But the order is not limited to the physical world. God's creatures also have different forms of structure. Whether it's a social structure in a pot of dolphins or the bond between male and female birds of prey, yep. God also designed humans with an inherent need for structure. One such example is a structure of the family. 
which begins to form when a man and woman are united in the sacrament of marriage. By the way, that's why the devil is going after exactly. marriage and family like nobody's business right now. Yep. It says, even Christ founded the church where they structure. Peter's ahead and the other apostles were the first leaders of the church. Few people, very few people can live in a world void of structure. Many have tried, but they end up living lives that are completely reactionary. In other words, you know why our jails and prisons are full? Because those people did things that were reactionary. Yeah. They reacted to something. And how did they reaction? Reacted? They reacted following their lower appetites, their lower nature, their passions. Again, God wants us to follow the intellect, but the intellect must be formed. It must be ordered, morally ordered, intellectually ordered with the word of God. And, and you even see this, the article says, you see this with a kid. You give a child like a toy from scratch, like a, a, a box of Legos. Yeah. What does the little boy want to do? He wants to start putting together this, this Lego into some type of structure. In other words, the little boy already has, has in his mind structure, structure, order, symmetry. Yep. Why God put that there? Exactly. Even the soul of a little boy need, sees the need for structure. And that's exactly why, again, the most powerful structure that we encounter as Catholics is the liturgy, is the holy sacrifice of the Mass. And again, there, there's, it's, no, uh, it's no coincidence that the devil has gone after the holy sacrifice of the Mass with a vengeance in the last 60 years. Because again, this is the high point, Terry, of where Catholics you know, make contact with heaven, make contact with the divine. And, and the Mass is supposed to be the ultimate form of structure in a way that gets us, communicates heaven to our human soul, Terry. And this brings me right back to disorder. Who's in charge, so to speak, of, of putting out disorder? Satan. And I think Mary Danielle, I think, is in Studio A on the Bible with the Barbers. She's going to be talking about <laughs> spiritual warfare from the Bible's perspective. So I want people to stay tuned to the Bible with the Barbers when we're done here. And if you can't get it on your AM station... Go to our website, vmpr.org, and download our free app. But Jess, when we talk about disorder, look at what's going on with contraception in 68 when Hamani Vite came out and said, no, we have to have order. We can't be just saying we're going to have uh, intimacy with anybody and not have be open to human life. And what happened with that is that there's a connection with what we're doing now with transgenderism because what they're saying is what God designed, order, we don't want God's order. We want our disorder. And that's what transgenderism is. And that's what we're facing today, disorder. Yeah, Terry, demons are attracted to disorder. Uh, and angels are attracted to order. It's, it's, it's pretty that's simple. It. That's it. Yeah, it's pretty simple. Uh, and, and you'll find that in Scripture, uh, it, it's, it's very, very clear that God is, I mean, just read the book of Genesis. And you're going to see that God is a God of order. It says it in 1 Corinthians 14, 23. Yeah. It says, since, since he is not the God of disorder, but the God of peace. Satan's all about disorder. We see that in James 3, 16. It says, for where jealousy and, and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder and every foul practice. Well said. Again, God is a God of order. You could just look at Genesis 1 and 2. Uh, he's called Elohim in Genesis chapter 1. And what do we see Elohim do? Out of chaos, out of disorder, God brings perfect order and harmony. Uh, we see that in Genesis 1-2. It says the earth was without form and void. 
in, in the Hebrew original, it says it was tohu wabahu. These two words describe the primordial earth's twofold condition that it was formless <laughs> and it was empty. And guess what? God transforms this formlessness and this emptiness in the cosmos. He transforms it according to his power and plan into planet earth. And, 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 and also, this just doesn't apply to earth. Disorder also affects us. That's right. St. An Angela Marisi, who died in 1540, says, disorder in society is the result of disorder in the family. Of course. And, 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 and the great Spanish author, Juan Cortes, a, ve a very a conservative Catholic political theorist who died in 1853, he said, Catholicism is truth, and everything that departs from Catholicism, one iota, is disorder, deception, and error. Well, that's clarity, baby, with charity right there. I love that comment. And remember, St. John Paul II said, the way the family goes is the way the culture goes. And that's why here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio, we try to help you in your family life, like today, to live that Christ-centered life. Matter of fact, one thing we end every show, I got a couple texts from people saying, well, why don't you tell them to live in the state of grace? I said, well, that's a great idea. That's how we end every show, folks, because that's what really matters. Ultimately, not where we are today, but at the time of our death, uh, we need to stay in that state of grace. How do we do that? By staying close to the sacrament. So Jesse... Uh, last plug up. Oh, there comes the music. Jesse's up in Stockton, California, doing a power mission, English and Spanish. Check it out. Jess, what state should we be living in, brother? State of sanctifying grace. Don't stay. To, don't live in a state of mortal sin. And for all you Californians, my brothers out there, vote no on Proposition One. Oh yeah. Vote yeah. no on Proposition One. Vote no on Proposition 1. And one more time, vote no on Proposition 1. Why? Because they're trying to kill our future citizens of California and make it a law. Are you talking about disorder? It doesn't get any worse than that. Uh, we're going to uh, remind everybody that Our Lady of Fatima's message, this is first Saturday coming up, believe it or not. Here at the chapel, we're going to have our first Saturday devotions. You're welcome to come. 3 o'clock, we got confessions at 345, Holy Mass at 5. Welcome to come. Up next, the Bible with the Barbers. I'm stepping out, but my wife will be here using the Bible and spiritual warfare. Yeah, you're getting a lot of that today. You won't miss that. If you can't get it on your AM station, go to vmpr.org and download our app. May God richly bless you and your family.